It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Rams Nation, what's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Wednesday edition of Lockdown Rams. You guys know what that means. We've got our downtown Rams crew, typically Jake. We've got a plus one today. I'm really excited about Alexis Craft as well. Jake, Alexis, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me as always, and I'm glad Alexis came on as well. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Excited to talk to you guys. You guys are constant content monsters. Uh, Love seeing you guys put out stuff over and over again. Uh, If you don't know, guys, obviously you can find them at Downtown Rams. You can find Alexis at the Alexis Craft. That's Craft with a K. Uh, and they got a new show out that I just actually listened to today, uh, the halftime show. Talk to me a little bit about that before we get off and run in, Alexis, and tell me kind of where that started and what it's about. So the halftime show is basically a show that we drop uh, typically every Wednesday night, the middle of the week. And it's not football related, which is something that Jake and I were kind of we kind of toyed with the idea back and forth because we always have these like deep, intense conversations about various topics. And, you know, one day we were just kind of like, maybe we should just turn this into something, turn it into a show. I mean, we end up having these conversations for hours anyway. Uh, So we kind of uh, decided to give it a go. And we dropped our first episode about two and a half weeks ago and people really liked it. And uh, we dropped our latest episode um, last night, which you just mentioned you listened to and uh, it's been a lot of fun to kind of you know we're so used to just talking and diving into football to just kind of you know pick a topic that's not football related and just have a conversation about it it's been really fun yeah I I have to agree because uh, you know I've been listening to so much football stuff that's like all my life is revolved around people were asking me like oh what do you do who you got for March Madness and I was like well, the free agency. Mar- oh, the oh, you're not talking about football free agency. Okay, you're talking about basketball. Uh, I got nothing. I, I think I might have a chance this year in a bracket because I haven't paid attention at all. And from past years of doing like office pools, always like the lady that was like, I just like the color orange, and so I picked that. And <laughs> so I'm hoping so that that's me this year. Yeah, I hope that's me this year. But uh, I was able to listen to the halftime show. Yesterday, I don't want to give any too many spoilers, but it was a top five celebrities to be best friends with, which instantly was like you could go anywhere with that. So I I had to click into it. And without again, without giving spoilers away uh, in my own head, I was kind of creating my top five list. And uh, only one of you guys picked one of mine and it was at the higher end. And that's Ellen. I think Ellen DeGeneres would be hands down easily my number one. Uh, I, I just love Ellen so much. She's hilarious. Uh, but yeah. a couple others I want to throw out there is honorable mentions. You guys can go take a listen to this. Uh, they posted it both on their Twitter. But, uh, you know, Mac- Matthew McConaughey thought might have gotten some love. Ooh. Uh, Seth Rogen. Okay. Joe Rogan. Really any Rogan would have done there Joe for Rogan. me. Uh, both those guys really funny to hang out or would it be funny to hang out with. But I really enjoyed that show. You guys got to go li- give a listen. Uh, nicely done. Way to go. Uh, Jake with the Downtown Rams Podcast Network is 
is throwing content at you left and yeah, right. Yeah, you know it's it's awesome. Um, but I know I, I give I know I give this one a lot of praise, but I, it, it's not just for show. I mean, you know, I don't know if if downtown actually I do know downtown sports network would not have been started without Alexis Kraft. Um, I can say that confidently. Um, her and I are constantly oh. pushing each other. So, you know, I've always, and bear, I mentioned it to you. I mean, I've always considered, you know, expansion, but I'm like, how far, you know? And I guess really just kind of Alexis kind of gave me that fire to do it. And I finally was like, you know what? We're, we're just going to do it. We're going to expand, um, we're not doing all articles on every site. I mean, that'd be a madhouse, but we're starting with podcasts. We'll see where that goes. And I'm really excited for the future. Um, so I appreciate you, you know, the constant shout outs as well, man, because you've been extremely supportive of our brand. Oh, Jake. There it is. That That's nice. a way to start a podcast with everyone with, with all the love. <laughs> there we go. And, and well, this is a nice mm-hmm. little transition here because you're talking about expansion. And I guess we can look at it in a different way with the Rams and the expansion that they've done lately. But uh, I was sitting here kind of getting ready for this podcast and Jake tweeted me and said, Clay Matthews. And I was thinking he wouldn't just text me that unless something's going on. Jump to Twitter. Clay Matthews, two year deal, reportedly a max of about 16 million and some change. We don't know really yet what that is in bonuses and guarantees and things like that. But uh, just right off the top, I guess we'll just start with Alexis and kind of go from there. Instant thoughts about Clay Matthews coming to L.A. Um, my instant thought was I had no thought. As weird as that sounds, you know, he wasn't my first choice um, out of that linebacker market to bring to the Rams, but he certainly wasn't my last. Um, you know, I have concerns about Clay a little bit because I feel like his production in the past few seasons has significantly uh, dropped. And there's been a lot of things that I've seen that I haven't really, um, you know, been too excited about. But I also think that, you know, you put him with a guy like Wade Phillips and you never know what can happen. Yeah, I, that's kind of along the lines of me. You know, it's I, I kind of that last point that Alexis just made. I mean, you know, I would have rather had Justin Houston or maybe even a younger guy. Um, you know, I mentioned Shaquille Barrett all over Twitter and Marcus Golden. Um, and, and of course, you know, a guy that no one talks about, Jeremiah Tauchu, uh, you know, from, I believe it's the the Chargers. Um, he might have gone to another team. But regardless, he's 25 years old. He's gotten better every single season. So I was really interested in the idea of him. And, um, you know, Clay Matthews, I feel like people fall in love with him because, one, it's the USC thing, mm-hmm. you know, that whole USC brand, you know, coming back to, you know, Los Angeles is really cool. Um, but two, it, it's how marketable this guy is and how big of a name he is, you know. And I mean, just think about it. Just his hair alone is going to be marketable in L.A. <laughs> right. um, there will be T-shirts galore. You know, there, there people will have his jersey on for sure. Um, True. But the problem is, like Alexis said, really echoing that. His production hasn't been there. He's 32 years old, and it looks like he might have already hit past his prime, and it might have been two years ago. And this is somebody that's had some injuries. Um, He did change positions to inside backer. I think it's hilarious because I was on this podcast. I believe I was telling you, Bear, that I feel like Clay Matthews and Corey Littleton are very similar. You know, they both have the ability to rush the passer, and, you know, they both played inside linebacker. And I've always said Corey Littleton could rush off the edge, but I feel like he's continued to 
get better um, at the inside backer position. What I wonder is what this means for Ibukam, you know, because this is a two-year deal. This isn't, you know, a one-year come and win a Super Bowl. You know, this is this is a two-year deal. Very interesting to me. Um, you know, Weddle was also, you know, a, a two-year deal. Um, so that I just find that prospect of it very interesting. And that does not mean they can't cut him. Um, but I just want to know, you know, where are they putting him? Because Fowler's starting. You gave him way too much money to, to have him in a rotation. Um, Ibukam, I, ke- I keep saying move him to inside linebacker. Maybe they're listening to me. Maybe this is to put, you know, Clay Matthews at edge and, um, you know, Ibukam is going to kick inside next to Littleton like I keep clamoring. But if not, I mean, it- it's a little worrisome because the Rams have already kind of done this with Connor Barwin. So I think that's really the, the main issue here is we kind of already seen this movie. So I guess we'll have to hope that it has a different ending. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. And it, it is interesting, you're right, because we do have this, you know, vision in Clay Matthews in our head, like you said, very marketable USC guy, uh, awesome sack celebration. I'll throw that in there as well. Uh, and, you know, but his production, you know, like you and Alexis both said, is has definitely dipped. Um, but this was a, a tweet from Peter Schrager, and he said, before free agency started, Rams Brass told me at the Combine their plan was to add veteran defensive players who can still compete at a high level, add smarts, and want the opportunity to compete for a ring. So this fits into, if that was their game plan, this fits in perfectly to what they wanted. They're getting guys that are at the end of their career, hoping that they can bring them out here. You know, you're looking at Matthews, I think 10 years with the Packers, production slipped, uh, a lot of kind of turmoil, I, sh- I you kind of want to say, with the whole Rodgers and him getting often injured and their defense uh, was kind of picked apart. They traded HaHa Clinton Dix in, in the middle of the season last year. It was kind of a mess. So kind of restart both him and Weddle coming back to California. They have homes here. They have families here, getting them into a more comfortable environment for them. Wade Phillips, you know, kind of known around the league as being a player's coach and, you know, putting players in the best position for them to succeed. Uh, and then the just adding that extra veteran piece, I think, is what I like. But you got to see it play out on the field because – all that, what we're just saying, sounds great. It sounds like it could work. But if we get here and all of a sudden we get Clay Matthews who gets banged up you know, early in the season and Weddle is underperforming, it's going to look like our whole plan here wasn't very thought out or kind of backfired in our face. So there's a lot of things, and we'll continue to kind of break this down. Actually, what we're going to do is we're going to step aside, take a quick break. On the other side, I got a couple more questions about Clay Matthews, and I want to talk about some other things that are going on because this was a pretty busy day or 48 hours for the Rams as far as movement going on. So we'll be right back. We're going to take a break. Wednesday edition, Lockdown Rams, right after this. This is how we do. We make a movement at the full while we up in the club. This is how we do. Nobody do it like we do it so The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trail Blazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent 
on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Wednesday edition, we have got Alexis Kraft. We have got Jake Ellenbogen with us. We are fully loaded with downtown Rams. I'm Bear Motter. We're talking all the stuff that's been going on. Uh, we kind of left off on Clay Matthews, and I kind of wanted to to pitch this to you guys because you guys are just hands deep into this draft stuff. I mean, you guys are putting up mock drafts left and right. You guys probably have three or four prospects on the show a week. You guys have just been killing it with that. Uh, so how do you think this move today, adding you know another piece here, affects what we do at 31? Is this now, uh, are we really leaning towards best available? Or does this now maybe put a focus on going out and getting you know someone for the D-line or O-line? Uh, what are your thoughts on this? We'll start with Jake this time. Yeah, so... When I look at the, you know everything they've done so far, um, it intrigues me for one reason. Uh, first off, you know we we talked about the Jakai Polite deal, right? You know we talked about that whole you know the combine. He kind of falls off of a cliff, basically. Had one of the worst combines in the history of combines. I told you it's not really a huge deal, and I would take him easily with thirty first overall. But now you add Clay Matthews on to your deal. You have guys like Obanai Okoronkwo who are picked in the fifth round, but people had his second, third round grades. So, I mean, he's better than what the Rams, you know, spent on him. They have, you know, somebody like John Franklin Myers. They have Trayvon Young. They have young pieces that they believe in. Then you, you know, factor in, you know, Dante Fowler and, and Ibu Cobb. So, you know, there's a lot there. And I know everyone loves edge rushers. You know, everyone, that that's kind of the the sexy um, position of the defense. I don't know if the Rams are going to go, even if a best available one falls, I don't know if they're picking anybody at 31. I mean, what are you going to do that? That's going to be a log jam. And you, you know, this whole deal, I mean, I think it's going to be heavy incentive laden, um, you know, for clay Matthews, but that's a big starting number over 16 million over two years. So, you know, that is really intriguing. Um, I also want to throw one quick tidbit out there. I think it's really weird how, you know, Wade Phillips, who had the opportunity to coach Shaquille Barrett and Shane Ray, um, was publicly all for Clay Matthews. That was leaked everywhere, and uh, the Rams lock in on Clay Matthews, and they, they spend more than they, they spend more on Clay Matthews than the Buccaneers did in acquiring a younger and arguably just as good or better talent in Shaquille Barrett 
and Shane Ray's still out there. So I do think that's really interesting, um, you know, in that regard. But going back to that, you know, it really tells me I don't think the Rams are going to go edge. And so in the first round, now you kind of look. Saffold's gone. Do you grab somebody like Dalton Reisner, who I think would be a perfect fit? We talked with him. And if you want somebody that's amazing on the field, amazing off the field, uh, Dalton Reisner's your guy. You know, you don't want to worry about, you know, drafting that red flag guy because of high potential. Dalton Reisner's your guy. And if you want to have a guy that's able to play all five positions on the offensive line, we know at least four. Um, I could, I'd imagine he could play center if asked. Um, Dalton Reisner's your guy. So, you know, you, you talk about all the, the buzz about Garrett Bradbury after the combine and, you know, Reisner runs a five, two. So everyone's like not talking about him because you know how people fall in love with the 40 for an offensive lineman, which I think is kind of funny. Right. Um, you know, Dalton Reisner, for that reason, I think is going to fall and he's going to fall right into the Rams lap. And it's a matter of, you know, if they are going to trade down or not. And I think you could be looking at the uh, the starting left guard for the Los Angeles Rams in Dalton Reisner. And, you know, I think they they were smart because the free agency is all about teams, at least if they know how to do it right. The good teams will go after their needs so they can focus on guys that they really want in the draft. You don't have to reach for a need because we already have that. The Rams could go into next year with the, the talent they have and they could repeat exactly what they did. They're not that much different of a team. Um, so it's a matter of, you know, getting the players that you want in the draft and now getting guys like Clay Matthews, Eric Weddle and Blake Bortles. Now you don't feel the need to have to reach on a quarterback, waste a pick that you're maybe not invested in, um, reach on a safety because there's no safeties and you feel like they're kind of going off the board left and right and reach on an edge guy because you missed, uh, you know, the top 10 of them. So I think that's really the key here. And that's what I take away from this off season so far. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, you know, as Jake kind of touched on, the question I think has been even before this for me is, are the Rams going to stay at 31? Um, I don't think that they're going to trade up for anybody at all, but I could definitely see them trading down. Um, I do a lot of um, like Twitter mock uh, drafts uh, on Twitter and I'm always, you know, I, I'm always the LA Rams and I traded down, uh, you know, out of 31 on a couple occasions. And, you know, if the Rams stay at 31, um, obviously I'm a huge Reisner fan as well. And Jake touched on him and I would love to see if he's still there, the Rams to take him because we do kind of, for me, at least I'm, I'm a little bit, um, hesitant about our guard situation after Saffold's left. Uh, so I'd love to see them get a guy maybe who could come in and start right away at guard for us, but also I'm not, exactly opposed to us drafting an interior defensive lineman either. I mean, Sue's, you know, not going to come back, you know, most likely. Um, we do have a lot of great, um, I think, depth talent right now at defensive tackle, guys who probably could come in and start, but I don't think we have any um, other than, you know, Aaron Donald, any defensive tackles that are superstars. And I think that this draft is really heavy in that position. And there's a lot of talented guys that could come in and make a big impact right away. So I'd love to see the Rams. Um, if there's a guy like that available at 31, take him. But, you know, I really kind of am starting to lean towards the um, idea that the Rams are going to trade out of 31. 
Yeah, it's weird that trading back is slowly becoming the quote unquote sexy pick, right? Like to get more mm -hmm. picks and to pile up, as you talked about, this draft is loaded with guys, especially on the defense side of the ball. Uh, so an opportunity for the Rams, if they're going to go and put some money into some of these older guys like Clay Matthews, or they're not sure what they're doing at the linebacker position. And Jake talked about, you know, moving Ibukum inside, and maybe that's something they want to try. But if they try that and realize that's ah, not a good idea, I like the idea of having, you know, a couple guys sitting out there uh, as well as Oboe to kind of just start throwing people at, at the problem, right? Okay, well, we drafted three, four guys. Let's go to camp. Let's see who, you know, you know, the cream rises to the top and let's see who we can get there rather than, you know, trying to make it stick at 31 and just say, this is our guy. I hope he works out. I'd rather go back a couple spots, pick up another uh, opportunity of a player and see how it falls because we're also going to have to fill in a lot of these guys and needs in the special teams role. And, and another thing that kind of plays to that, and this is kind of transitioning into the next guy that I want to talk about is, is Malcolm Brown. Uh, he was signed to an offer sheet by the Lions today. Uh, Rams can match. They have five days to match. Uh, if they let him go, they, they signed the original tender on him, which gets us nothing back in return. So it's basically up to the Rams if they want to bring Malcolm Brown back or not. Uh, you know, he played a, a heavy role in special teams as well until he got hurt. We have this big question with CJ and what they're going to do. We, we're spending money right now. Now it's starting to look, you know, how much money do we have left to get a guy like CJ back? Uh, so there's questions about the backup running back. And, um, you know, when you got to take a look at that Brown being signed to an offer sheet, is this a guy you're willing to let go? Or do you want to see the Rams, you know, within those five days say, no, we're going to keep Malcolm Brown and, and he's a part of our future here? Well, I was going to say, and I know that you and I agree on this, I would be very surprised if the Rams do not bring back Malcolm Brown. Um, I think that he is a guy, he's very, very talented. I think in my opinion, we should do everything we can to keep him along with CJ Anderson and Gurley. Uh, the only reason that I could maybe see the Rams not keeping him around is because they really like John Kelly. So maybe in their heads, they think that if they let Malcolm Brown go, they'll be fine because they've got John Kelly. But I have no idea. I think that they'll keep him. Um, but yeah, that's just my thought. Yeah, no, that, I mean, I think that makes total sense. Um, this is somebody that just signed a two-year, uh, $3.25 million offer sheet. So I don't think Malcolm Brown is out of the question for the Rams to match that. They have five days to kind of sit on this. Um, also test the market out there. See if they can get a deal done with CJ Anderson. Um, I mean, as he said, they he hasn't been offered anything yet from the Rams. So that's a little um, interesting there. It did seem like they wanted him back. Um, you know, and just because he, they have an offer doesn't mean that they won't offer, period. But, you know, I think that's really going to be interesting because the Lions might kind of move everything forward for the Rams. Right. You know, they, they just made this move. And some people could say, oh, this just signaled that they're not going to bring Brown back. I would disagree with that. I think it just signals, okay, you know, as I've always said, the, the cap is very easy to manipulate. You have ways, you have a lot of unselfish players that would have no problem taking pay cuts, that would have no problem restructuring deals. Um, I just think all this did was help the Rams because now it's a there's a timeline. You know, it, it's not it, it's not like, oh, we can just wait however long. The Lions basically are like, all right, Rams, your move now. You know, like 
we want Malcolm Brown on our team right now. You make your decision. And I think, you know, that's around, that's not even $2 million a year for Malcolm Brown. So honestly, I'd have to say that's a really good move for the Rams. Just off of that, you, you, you know, you have to match that. Yeah, I like what you said there, too, because you're right. It, it is really the Lions uh, taking control here and saying, all right, what are you guys going to do here? Because we're getting bored waiting for you. Uh, we're going to sign this guy. And now you got five days to figure out your backup Clearly running Malcolm backs. was, too. And we yeah, saw exactly. that he took, the, uh, he took the visit to Detroit and we're like, oh, OK, Malcolm, like, you know. So. Yeah, I don't blame him either. You know, you're sitting there in the offseason, you're seeing everyone else get paid and and the Rams are just like, well, we're going to tender you and just just hang on, hang tight. We'll fig- we got to figure out a couple other things. And you know, you're sitting here going, no, I need to get paid. I need to know where I'm going. So if this thing gets stretched out, I'm not stuck and everyone else signed a running back. So I like it. Push it forward. And you're right. It really put the Rams on the clock because, uh, you know, now we're going to figure out if CJ, if they're going to go to him in these next five days and try to get something worked out with him or uh, if they're going to go to Malcolm Brown. And like you said, say, hey, that's pretty good price. And and we like the flexibility of what you can bring to the team, not only, you know, as a backup, but also in the special teams role. So we'll be willing to match that. So, um all good on my sense. I, I think it's going to be interesting to bring, but I think they're going to bring back Brown as well. Like I just mentioned, his flexibility of what he can do on the team. He's not just uh, a backup running back that they can throw him in and do a couple other things. Uh, his injury concern kind of worries me a little bit, but uh, at the end of the day, if you're looking at price, I think we're going to get a better amount uh, for what we pay with Brown than what we would with CJ. If they bring back CJ, I'm a fan too. I think CJ ended strong. I think him and Todd Gurley, Uh, seem to be on the same page as far as, you know, what their role was and and how they could work together. So uh, there didn't seem any animosity there or anything like that. So I think that could work as well. But uh, what we're going to do is we're going to step aside again. We're going to take our last commercial break. We're going to get some words from some of our sponsors. We'll be back on the other side. We've got a couple other guys to talk about, and we'll kind of preview a little bit more forward to the draft. Uh, Wednesday edition, Locked On Rams, Alexis, Jake, and Bear right after this. This is how we do. We make a move and the while we up in the club. This is how we do. Nobody do it like we do it. So show us some love. This is how we do. We make a move and the All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Third and final segment. We have got the downtown Rams crew with us. I'm excited. I appreciate everyone joining the show today. Me and Jake have been talking for a while. We've been kind of teasing bringing Alexis on. So we finally made it work. So I'm glad that we can get everyone on the show today and kind of talk a little bit. Uh, recap really quick. We kind of went over the halftime show under the downtown Rams umbrella. And by the way, congratulations on the new logo. Looks awesome. You guys have got a new graphic designer that's just been killing it lately with the new additions of the Rams and also the logo. So that looks awesome. Uh, but go check out the halftime show. Top five celebrities you want to be friends with is out now. They are posting interviews with recruits constantly so always stuff over at downtown rams both on website and on twitter so go check that out uh but as we kind of keep this rolling along uh rams were busy like we said at the beginning and and when we first i kind of wrote what we were going to talk about today uh blake bortles was like one of the first things and next thing you know here you are blake bortles hanging on in the third segment uh, trying to get a little bit of airtime, but the Rams agreed to a one-year deal with Blake Bortles. And it's funny to watch Rams Twitter when these signings happen because people go crazy, right? There's a lot of people that really 
liked Blake Bortles signing and kind of brought it to perspective of some of the, you know, former backup quarterbacks the Rams have had over the years. And and then, you know, some people were just plain and simple. It's Blake Bortles. No way. I do not want Blake Bortles. So uh, it's it doesn't seem to be any middle ground here. Either you like it or you don't. Uh, we'll start with Alexis this time. Your thoughts on Blake Bortles coming to L.A. as a backup? Well, I think, of course, in, in today's climate, um, the name Blake Bortles doesn't sound very appealing. Um, right. You know, he obviously is a guy who really has struggled, you know, starting in Jacksonville. Uh, the past few seasons and has kind of become a bit of, you know, a guy who is mocked a lot online and who people love to make fun of and give a hard time. So initially, you know, when we brought on Bortles, I was like, ah, really? You know, I wasn't, you know, that was just my immediate instinct. But, you know, if you take a step back and look at it, Blake is a guy who was incredible his, his rookie season in the NFL. He, I think, is a guy who had and probably still has a lot of talent. I don't know why the reason is that he was not able to be consistent, which again is kind of my worry about him, the consistency factor. Um, I think he's an okay guy to step in if Goff gets hurt. Um, I mean, he wouldn't be my first choice to to bring in um, as a backup. You know, I really was kind of hoping the Rams would take a look at the draft this year because I felt like there was a lot of um, great, uh, you know, depth guys at the quarterback position that they could maybe grab the fourth through sixth round. Um, but I mean, we'll see. I hope golf stays healthy. Um, I always hope golf stays healthy, but especially now because I'm not sold on Bortles, but I'm willing to, you know, kind of roll with it. And, you know, I guess the only thing we can do now is see what happens. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan of this move. Uh, it's very low risk, one year deal. Um, he's so much better than Sean Mannion. I mean, you know, I know a lot of people are, are laughing at him and everything, um, I, I think it's kind of crazy how, you know, Johnny Manziel still gets so much like, oh, this guy's going to be a star. But Blake Bortles, who's actually had success in the NFL, um, and, you know, albeit it was very short, but um, he gets so much flack. And, and look, you know, Blake Bortles, his best receiver has been Allen Robinson. Robinson's first year, he had uh, less than 700 yards. His second year is a thousand yard receiver. Blake Bortles best season with 35 touchdowns, 18 interceptions. Um, and over 4,000 passing yards. But the next year, Allen Robinson tears his ACL out for the year. Blake Bortles has arguably, his best receiver has been either Keelan Cole, or, I mean, you could make the argument, you know, Dante Moncrief or Marquise Lee. So he comes to the Rams in a great spot where if if Goff were to go down, God forbid, um, you know, I think he's 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 in a very good system. He has weapons. You talk about Todd Gurley, obviously Robert Woods, um, Cooper Cup. You know, Brandon Cooks, the tight ends. You know, Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby. I mean, and Josh Reynolds is your fourth receiver. Josh Reynolds might be better than almost all the receivers. You know, their fourth receiver might be better than almost all the receivers that Blake Bortles right. is going to. So, you know that that's what I want to you know kind of keep. Um, in, you know, perspective. I mean, they, they went 5-11 and 11 his best year, and that's not the greatest. But I feel that people pin it on him. This is somebody that knocked, you know, the Steelers out of the playoffs, right. to, you know, to play um, in the AFC Championship against the Patriots. Um, you know, this is somebody that has, you know, thrown multiple touchdowns in a game, you know, and no picks. I mean, he's had really good games. The problem is 
somewhere along the line, he hit the regress button. And oftentimes that's lack of weapons. It's lack of, um, you know, offensive line and it's lack of coaching. And I think it's really all three of those. Um, and, and, you know, obviously Bortles, I think he just lost confidence. Um, AJ can was one of his guards. You know, I, I'm not really a huge fan of, uh, you know, any of their offensive linemen. I know they, they went out. I mean, obviously they had Brandon Linder, um, but they went out and got the, uh, the guy from uh, what, what's his face from uh, the Panthers. Um, now I forget Norwell. So, I mean, you know, they, they went out and got him, but it's like Cam Robinson, rookie left tackle, you know, they, they've been doing that for years. So, you know, Blake Bortles really hasn't had a great offensive line. And I think really you saw it with Sam Bradford with the Rams. You kind of get like a shell shocked type of, I, I guess really it just becomes kind of, you know, second nature for you. Right. You saw Sam Bradford, you know, at times he would look great with the Rams when he had time, he would have games where you're like, okay, we're in this. And then he'd have games where you're like, Sam Bradford does not want to get touched by anybody. He will go down before, you know, the, uh, the defensive lineman breaks through the offense, you know, that, and that, I did notice that. And I feel like Bortles doesn't quite have that level of like, you know, <laughs> scared factor. Um, but you could see him. He's not as confident in his throwing ability. And I think coming to the Rams, the best thing you can do if you're Blake Bortles is get out of Jacksonville. Um, you know, obviously the best thing that Fowler could do was get out of Jacksonville. And I think the best thing you could do when you're struggling former starter is find a new home. You know, people talk about, you know, he's not going to be Nick Foles. My thing is if, if he, you know, the opportunity presents itself, why can't he be? Right. You think he can't be better than Nick Foles was with the Rams? Nick Foles was terrible with the Rams. He had one good game. I think people are quick to forget that. So, you know, it's a one-year deal. Um, you'd rather not see him out there because you'd rather see Goff play all 16 games, have a chance at an MVP and the Super Bowl and all that. But, you know, it, it gives me more peace of mind because I watched Sean Mannion. I watched him at Oregon State. I didn't get the pick at, in, in the third round. And I tried to talk myself into it because he was a Rams quarterback. But, you know, this is somebody I look at and I'm like, he's a one-read quarterback. And Blake Bortles isn't afraid to go down the field. So that's just kind of how I see it. Yeah, and I'm with you there because uh, I think the first thing you said is, is it's an upgrade from Sean Mannion. And right there, you, you got to agree. I mean, I can't imagine sitting and having someone that's a Rams fan and tell me that Sean Mannion is better than Blake Bortles legitimately, right? Um, Mannion was hard to watch at times during the preseason. Uh, another thing that Alexis said is obviously we hope that, you know, Jared Goff can make it through. And I have faith in that because we've seen the toughness of Jared Goff, even going back to the Cal days when they were like one in whatever in his first year there. And he just got beat up. He didn't miss a game. He kept playing. He's a tough guy. He doesn't have a lot of that. Uh, swagger and you know he's not the most marketable guy yet and he's not going to get up and yell in your face and tell you he's tough but he's going to get up Uh, and that's actually one thing I think you know Bortles is going to bring to this quarterback room is I think he's going to loosen up Jared a little bit Uh, he's he's obviously been picked high they have that in common he didn't really have that with Sean Mannion right they kind of had this very mellow group Blake Bortles is a pretty Interesting cat. He's pretty funny. Uh, even watching him, you know, sign his contract, he had a, a Magic Mike t-shirt on, which, you know, it was Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan. And you can just look at some of the videos in the past. He's a personable guy. I think he's going to add some personality to that room, maybe loosen up Jared Goff a little bit, bring in some things that he's seen 
being a starter in this league that Sean Mannion could never really bring, right? I mean, he was always the one with you know a clipboard and, and an earpiece in his ear. He could never tell you, oh, when I was in this game this one time in the NFL, that's not really happening. So I like that he's got a guy to bounce things off of, guy that comes with some experience. You talked about it. Beat the Steelers on the road in the playoffs. Had New England on the ropes with about eight minutes left, up 10 uh, they weren't able to, to find their way out of that game. But uh, going back to also what Jake said is, is they haven't had a lot of support. And you talked about, you know, Allen Robinson being one of the better uh, wide receivers that he had. They drafted Fournette really high. They kind of turned into a ground and pound and just let Blake Bortles throw it, you know, 18, 20 times and don't turn the ball over. And you're right. I think there was always looking over his shoulders in those last couple of years as he started to struggle. Uh, even after the big contract this year, uh, he was benched late in the season. So I think it is a refreshing uh, chance for him. And at the end of the day, we're talking about a backup quarterback. We hope we don't have to see him. But if we do, I think I, I like it a lot better than Sean Mannion. And we will get to see him uh, definitely for about four games in that preseason because we know how Sha- uh, Sean McVay likes to run the preseason. So we'll get to see a pretty good amount of Blake Bortles before the season starts to get an idea of where he is talent level and what he can do with a little bit better weapons around him. So uh, I like it overall. Again, one-year deal, like Jake said, you know, not too risky for us. If it works, hopefully for him, it's kind of a boost in his career to, you know, like anybody in this world, all they have to do in a job interview is say, you know, I was just with, you know, Sean McVay last year, and they're probably going to give him a, an extra couple million bucks for that. So uh, for him, it makes total sense. For us, we're protecting Jared Goff with hopefully a better quarterback there. But before we get out of here, we've got about five minutes left here. I will kind of, we always do a little bit of draft stuff. Uh, I know you guys recently, you're always doing mock drafts. So we'll start with Alexis this time. Then we'll go to Jake. Whether you pick at 31 or you trade back, who's the first person the Rams are going to be calling their name on draft day as of right now that you see? I got to go with the, if the Rams stay at 31, I think, I just think that they're going to go guard and they're going to, you know, whoever's available. I hope it's Dalton Reisner, but um, they could go uh, really anybody guard at that position. Um, If they trade back, I I just did a mock draft. And of course I did this before the Matthews news broke. Um, I had them taking Blake Cashman uh, in the second round. um, So linebacker or defensive line, if they trade back. I think that I think if they go into the second, they uh, probably will take like a defensive lineman. So with this, um, I kind of lean the the same way with you, Alexis. Um, You know, I'm thinking right now, you know, first round, if they say there, I'm going to stick with Reisner. um, But I think second round, if they trade back, Blake Cashman's my number one linebacker in this class. Um, I think he's better than Mac Wilson. I think he's better than Devin White. I think he's better than Devin Bush. I don't care about speed, and he has that. Um, you know, I don't care about height. In, I mean, people are calling him undersized. I mean, six one. Let's not act like you know he's five ten. Um, you know, I, I think Blake Cashman. When I watch all the film together, right, Blake Cashman has the best film out of all those linebackers I just mentioned, and he's somebody you know we were very lucky to have on our show, especially coming off you know such an amazing combine he put out there and. Um, he was obviously, you know, getting interview requests probably left and right. Um, but I think he comes in regardless, you know, not really knowing what is going on with the Rams right now in regards to who's going to be next to Littleton, whether or not, 
this move means Matthews goes there, Ibukam goes there. Um, I think Cashman can start day one. Uh, I mean, Cashman, like I said, he's the best linebacker in this class, in my opinion, and um, I would absolutely agree with that. In the third round, I'd look more interior defensive line because I think you kind of have a tier where you can kind of go wherever. I mean, there are guys, we had all three of these guys on, but it, you kind of pick your your guy. Um, if he's there, I mean, you can wait. But, um, you know, I would say Rennell Wren of Arizona State. You get a, a defensive interior lineman there. Um, I would say Daniel Wise of Kansas is another defensive interior lineman. And, of course, the Western Illinois uh, product that really uh, took over um, the Senior Bowl uh, just based on, you know, all the storylines, his backflip, uh, you know, staying there when his, uh, his wife was having, um, you know, his uh, kid, um, you know, Colin Saunders. So I think those three guys I'm looking at um, in the third round. Now, granted, the Rams are picking way at the bottom of the third round since they traded their actual third round pick to the, um, or they didn't trade their third round pick to the Jaguars, but they had three. And so now they have two, but really, you know, the compensatory selections are way down there. And the Rams for you know, second, um, you know, runner up in the Super Bowl. So because of that, they're not going to be able to get, you know, anybody. I'd imagine one of those guys falls, and I imagine they probably pick one of them. Um, another guy I'd mention, I think I've mentioned before on here, is Tristan Hill, um, nose tackle uh, from UCF. Only has one start, but, um, you know, Scott Frost calls it, called him uh, the best player on UCF um, when he left. So, I don't know. That's kind of where I lean. Um, if they trade back in a second, I want Cashman. And I'm pretty much locking in my pick uh, for Cashman. So, mm. that's kind of how I see The draft is just around the corner, people. I am so excited. Guys, make sure, again, to go give everyone a follow at the Alexis Craft. You're, it's like Ohio State, the Alexis Craft, and then also at JK Bogan DTR, also at Downtown Rams. These guys are constantly putting up shows. Check out the halftime show. Check out the Downtown Rams podcast. Uh, a lot of these names that they mentioned, they've had on to be able to talk to them. So go back uh, through some of the old podcasts if you're interested in hearing more about these guys, where they come from, a little bit more of a story about them. Got a bunch of amazing stuff. Uh, and then go check out their website at downtownrams.com. Always putting up articles as well. Guys, we appreciate it so much, you guys coming on. I look forward to next week when we get a chance to talk to you again. Every week is that much closer to the draft. And you know what? The Rams probably signing someone else or potentially some more breaking news. It's never boring covering the Rams. They always keep us uh, going. But I want to say a big thank you to both of you guys uh, coming on and also make sure to go find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. All the shows are up there. Locked on Rams, Twitter and Instagram as well. LA underscore Rambling Bear is my personal. But thank you guys again and I look forward to talking to you uh, next week. Yeah, thank you so much, Bear. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun as always. This is how we do. We make a move and act the fool while we up in the club. This is how we do. Nobody do it like we do it, so show us some love. This is Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. 
That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.